Hey everyone, this is Huali, and you're listening to the Cabbages Hip Hop Podcast. Other than the fact that they're like well-dressed people when we meet them right away you're like oh these people they dress well they're they're like with it fashion wise you know or whatever the first time we're really encountering the richness the full richness of these asians is the airplane ride no 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 right were they before that no it's before that it's before that because the airplane ride is fucking they're in a hotel room yeah inside of the inside of the airplane and she's still like eh, he's not that rich he's probably not that rich you've never flown that way before yeah no i never got a private room on an airplane no, no yeah, i me never neither. got one no. me neither but no the first <laughs> time that we really see that these asians these particular asians are crazy these rich. specific asians are rich beyond crazy our rich dreams. crazy rich right is in the flashback scene that opens the film when mm. because of bad service at right. a hotel racist service at a hotel i should say they yeah. end up buying the hotel in a matter of minutes we threw like a couple of phone calls suddenly now their family owns the hotel right that's that's crazy rich so mm. i think that's the first scene but that's then you're the right, first like, but but we don't like if we're if we're operating that the heroine of the film, mm-hmm. Rachel. Yep. If we're operating right. with Rachel and Rachel's knowledge, like we know that, but Rachel doesn't know that. So her first yeah. okay. encounter sure. is this plane. And the plane ushers in an era of the film that lasts the rest of the film, essentially. That is just like, look how fucking rich these people are. Yeah. I mean, every reveal is like, damn. That is rich. All the way to the end where like the last scene is just fireworks shooting off the top of what I can only really describe as a modern castle. The name of this movie is accurate. It's fully accurate. You know, sometimes movies are euphemistic and we're here Mm. to tell uh, the Cabbage's listeners, Crazy Rich Asians is about Asians who are crazy rich. These people are crazy rich. No euphemism. It's, it's an insane, insane amount. They're so rich that they bring in an entire family who are definitely rich. Oh yeah, to show just how like designated amount of rich these people are. Like these people who are rich, no, they're not rich. They're not crazy. These rich. people are fucking rich. They're rich. crazy rich. Yeah, I. It's it's an an immaculate amount of times. Yes. It's like 600 different times you're like it's oh, the whole right, movie. They're they're, oh, did it's you know the they were rich? Film. Yeah, they're rich. I forgot about that part. It's nearly the entire <laughs> film. So let's talk about with our guest. We've got a great guest today. Yep, yep, yep. A fun time. Uh, I'm sure we're gonna get deep into this the way we always do. Um, but just fair warning, um, we like this movie. It's not a bad movie. It's not, a lot it's of not people bad. who watch a lot of people who watch this movie liked it. It's like a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, it's like pretty good. This is new terrain for us. Bear with us, guys. We'll be right back. I am thrilled to introduce our guest for today's show. Joining us now is Hua Li, based in Montreal. The Chinese-Canadian rapper slash R&B singer is responsible for the spectacular, immersive 2019 album Dynasty, available via Bandcamp and wherever music is streamed or sold. Hello and welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. I'm so happy to be talking about this film that I avoided watching for so many years. You avoided watching this film. I was going to ask you. This is what I want to know. Yes, let's turn up. <laughs> okay, so up. you you were resistant to the idea of crazy rich Asians. Okay, tell me a bit more. Why? I guess like there's a whole number of reasons. For one, I'm not a big rom com girl. 
Okay. So mm. I was like, you know, maybe I'll just pass on the rom-com. Um, I think I'm also just a contrarian. So it's like everyone okay. was like, oh my God, there's uh, so many Asians in this movie. You're going to love it. And I was like, I don't know. I'll just like watch something else instead. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just never got around to it. And then it it got to a point where I almost had to like pretend that I'd seen it. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like because uh, there's a lot of asian people in my life and they'd all be like oh my god and then this thing happens isn't it so beautiful when and i'm like yeah <laughs> yeah that's so cool um you're outing yourself right now to all your friends well now i, I finally that. I didn't see it. that shit yeah <laughs> it took you till 2023 to see this movie yeah it's uh you know it is what it is i am entirely of the mindset there's a lot of times where someone says oh this movie is really good and i just some part of my brain just says, no, I'm not going to watch this. No, right. I was no, I was scared too many people film. like this. No, I was I was scared of this film. I was scared that I wasn't going to like it and that I was going to vocalize my displeasure and people would be very angry about it. Right. I was, yeah, I, also... very, I was still very online at that point. Uh, <laughs> and and it was it was super duper like we're on board with this film. And if you're not on board with this film. It's curtains. I feel like within the Asian community, there were some more nuanced conversations about like. Yeah, I wasn't going to have that conversation online. No, Um, (laughs) but I feel you like I felt like it was kind of this thing of like, I don't want to see this Asian movie and then not like it and then feel disappointed in Asians. That was part of it. More so it was like, I don't want to argue with anyone online about why I don't like the film. Totally. And that was like the discourse around it was essentially just like this movie rules yeah this you have this you, you, you have this danger that happens sort of around the rep- these representation moments where mm. it's like here's an opportunity like this is this has been made to happen it's been allowed to happen and we want to see the success of it and it's like if you come at it with your experience with film and your tastes in movies your opinion on it may actually run counter to what the mainstream is, it got to what right. most people are saying about it. It's like that's essentially I what I was scared of, knowing me as also yeah. a contrarian. <clears throat> I was like, I'm not gonna like this, am I? You know what? I'm just not gonna watch it. I'm just gonna do something else. It's like you don't like I know Jeff, you're not a big fan of like Marvel movies and stuff like that. No. And there have been a handful of Marvel movies that have come out that have been very much representation focused in terms of telling the stories that they're trying to tell and people have rallied around these films and in some of these cases i agree i think some of these are fantastic and fun movies no and other cases in other cases <laughs> i look at something and i go Ooh, maybe but it's not my it's not where i'm going to go online and say i have an opinion about this Listen, movie. <laughs> i just want to be quoted of- here because mm. i don't spend any time online parsing art i parse art in person no motherfucker wow. No wow. motherfucking comment. Wow, strong. Zero comment, please. That may have been the most pretentious thing you've ever said. I, I, Done. I only parse. I only parse person. art in person. I don't wow. parse. And art yet, only here, only we art. here we are on Zoom. <laughs> okay, I don't parse good art. <laughs> I feel uh, like Crazy Rich Asians was there was such high stakes for this mm-hmm. film in terms of like the representation piece because the last one we got with this many Asians on screen was Joy Luck Club, which was a billion sure. years ago. And I felt, it seemed like the whole community was like, if people don't like this, we're fucked. Like, we're not going to get another movie for another 30 That's years. That's totally fair. No, it's a dangerous thing because it is, you create these stakes and it's it's sort of funny. There is a little bit of overlap in casting between Joy Luck Club and this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly enough, uh, the grandmother appears in both movies. True. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, but other than be outside that fun fact, it's like, yeah, like there's a certain idea of what, you know, American audiences per se, or Western audiences would expect from a film. And the idea is like, here's this, this movie and there's, there's stakes behind it that go beyond just the success of the film. And if like, well, are we going to be allowed to keep making movies like this and tell a story that is this way, if this one doesn't do well. And interestingly enough, the, uh, the writer of the book, Kevin Kwan basically was offered a lot of money by Netflix to do this movie and turned it down because was he was concerned that the budget was so high mm. that if it didn't recoup or if it didn't do what it was supposed to do it would have been disastrous in the well, end they made it a th- did it did they really made a th- well right if I they made it, yes oh it's it did fantastic well, yeah. it's a th- it was like yeah it's a 30 million, million dollar movie like, yeah yeah 
30 million dollar movie and then in like the US and Canada it made like 175 million dollars. So yeah. yeah, it did well. It did well. <clears throat> they hated it in China though. Well, the they premise... didn't like Rachel Chu in China either, so That's a very good point. I also feel like the premise of like uh it's an all Asian cast is just not that shiny in China. They're like, yeah, so what? They've seen it before. It <laughs> We're like how novel here. There's like, white people in the first like three minutes Look, and they're British you know, and then they're gone. What they don't understand, the nuance they're not seeing in China is how dumb you have to make a film for boring white people to <laughs> go to it and, and embrace it. Yes. So true. Japan understands this about Transformers. Where they don't go to an American Transformers film for sense or understanding or even being a movie, they just laugh at our ideas about robots. And that is awesome. <laughs> and like that's what I would be doing if I was going to see this film in Chai Pop Studies and be like, I'm not going to this to like feel any deep connection to anything. Right. <laughs> we'll laugh at what Americans think Chinese people do. <laughs> There's a certain amount of the criticism of this film from Asian audiences outside of the US that I was went over my head because it's like, okay, clearly there are levels on this film that I can't fully grasp. Some things I was able to grasp is there was criticism that Singaporean English wasn't used in this film hmm. versus, you know, British or American dialects of English. Like, so like already there's like this criticism coming at it. There's criticism about the casting and criticism about whether or not the film represented the people of Singapore and the diversity of Singapore properly. Like all those things came through. So there was a lot of criticism that comes to it that for a Western audience, many of us are not going to understand, but we are going to understand the music that sounds awful lot like Coldplay's Yellow. We are going to understand that and what that means in a movie. When Coldplay's Yellow plays in a movie, then you know it's an emotional that's, time. That's the part it's supposed time to, to be emotional. The heart. Yes. They don't just throw Coldplay's yellow around for anything. Not no, no. There's other Coldplay songs you throw at everything. This is about the heart. You have just had your heart broken if yellow. Like if you hear yellow mm. in the background somewhere, you just wherever you are, just duck into the corner and hide. Yeah. <laughs> don't let anyone see you or touch you or be near you. This is a cabbage's warning. If Immediately you hear put yellow your phone on do not and you it. didn't put it on yourself because you're already heartbroken, turn your phone off. Yeah, turn it off, yeah. and then go hide. It's, it's like the ring. It's coming seven days. <laughs> it's coming seven days. Cole plays yellow. Just watch. <laughs> Telling you. God, there's so much we can talk about with this movie. There's a lot to say, but I think that we have to tell for the audience exactly why we are, chose this movie, why we're doing this movie. And that's because of Aquafina. Mm -hmm. Aquafina, you know, this season we are talking about movies where rappers are in front of the camera, behind the camera, in all sorts of capacities. And we've done a lot of films. And one of the things that I realized in coming into this was one, that this was a film that I hadn't seen that she's in. And two, realize just how many films I had seen that she is in. The number hmm. of times I have uh, seen Raya and the Last Dragon, for example, is uh, which shares some DNA with this movie, uh, which we'll talk about a little later. Um, things like Ocean's Eight, uh, all sorts of other films that she's appeared in. And I realized that I we had originally had started thinking about trying to do something like The Farewell, and we sort of realized that that might be too much for our fragile hearts on this sh mm -hmm. show and for our audience. So Not much to watch, but just to talk about it after like watching it is whatever, yeah. but talking about it would be. I, so I also have not wrenching. watched the farewell because mm. no. I feel like it's, it's too close to home. Fair. Yeah. Like I would, exactly. I would just have to excuse myself from this episode. I'd be like, yeah. I'm sorry guys, I just can't. It's too much. <laughs> but that being said, like, and I feel the same way in a lot of ways that the, I thought the rom-com was going to be safe, but because I don't watch rom-coms and I didn't realize just how much I was going to weep like a little baby <laughs> throughout this Aquafina movie. Yes. I, I also cried a lot. Yes. Oh man. Am I a monster? <laughs> yes. 
Ah, shit. This is why you're single. I don't I didn't. I didn't cry. Oh, there's plenty of reasons why I'm single. <laughs> okay. Fair. That's don't fair. Dra- fair. don't fair. drag my emotions no. into it because I don't drag them into relationships. So, Wait, do I hear Cole plays yellow in the distance? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yellow. Great callback. Uh, It'll keep coming back. We will beat that, beat that yellow horse. <laughs> that, joke's to death. Got, that joke's got a lot of legs. Uh, <laughs> to, that joke is hot to trot. It, uh, so, it, what were we talking about? We were talking about, about, about hot to trot. Crazy, crazy rich Asians. I was mm. just saying, like, I was, I did not go into a movie with where Aquafina was going to be in there. I knew she's going to mm, be kind mm-hmm. of relief. She's going to be fun. She's going to bring to these movies what she, what she brings, this movie, what she brings to other films that I've enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it's like, yes, that's there, but there's so much to this film. What's uh, kind of your experience with Aquafina, both as a listener to her music as well as uh, her time on screen, both the big screen and the small screen? Yeah, I mean, I love Aquafina. I think she's a hero for second gen, weird, sarcastic Asian girls. Okay, <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess like I. Found out about Aquafina like from the My Vag days. Sure. Just, you know, I, I feel like if you're an Asian woman in rap, like you can't miss another one. <laughs> you're like, oh my God, you too? <laughs> uh, so I was, yeah, I don't know. But I always felt like she was, you know, no offense to my girl Nora from Queens, but like very much a joke rapper. Like I was never like, oh yeah, like the lyrical prowess here. Um, mm. So I always admired her as an entertainer. And uh, I wrote a master's thesis chapter on green tea that she does with Margaret Cho. Right. And, yeah. you know, like, I think she's really brilliant at playing with comedy and shame and, you know, a lot of like very Asian touch points uh, in her entertainment stuff that she does. But honestly, I'm like so happy she's really an actor now. Like, I think this is truly her calling. Um, I think Aquafina has always been a character. So it's just, yeah, it's great to kind of see her in in the role I think she's meant to to be. And this was kind of like the first big acting role for her, I think. Um, it was definitely the biggest exposure. She'd had mm-hmm. small, she'd had smaller roles. So she'd been in like, in 2016, she had Neighbors 2. And then okay. she had a, one, she was a character in- There was a yes, second Neighbors? Yeah, the second Neighbors, which was a sorority one. this? Yeah. Hmm. No, no. No, the neighbors no you didn't see, it, didn't see it. Yeah, right. So she was in Storks. They made a Storks movie. Um, there was an indie comedy that Netflix did in 2018 that we almost did during stoner season, Jeff. That's called Dude. Oh, yeah. And then she had that same year was Ocean's hmm. 8. And then right. 2018 is also that. So this was the first like really like big role. She'd been in Hollywood kind of, you know, movies, but had not been in something where she would have such a a prominent position like Nora from Queens didn't start until like 2020 mm-hmm. and it's like the farewell comes after crazy rich Asians as mm-hmm. does all this other stuff like her roles in angry birds 2 and Jumanji Renfield. and Shang-Chi and now this year Renfield and you know a little mermaid like there's so many different things that she did but you're right this was really like the first big role that she had in sort of a a, a big film I think neighbors mm-hmm. 2 is like you know, you're on an ensemble cast. There's a bunch of comedians who are all vying for lines and things mm-hmm. like they're cannibalizing each other and, and basically in some of those sorts of movies. So this was a real standout for her. And and she certainly wasn't alone. There's a lot of great comedic talent in this movie. Like the number of comedians in this film, comic actors and otherwise, just like, and she still manages to kind of come out on top, even in scenes with Ken Jeong, which is yes. pretty impressive. Pretty impressive because Ken Jeong will eat the scenery gladly. In any film, and, and did Doctor Ken did, did a Ken. did a great job of it. I yeah. will. Ha- I do have to say though, like there were a couple people I was really disappointed to not see in this movie. Like, okay, I'm obsessed with Bobby Lee, and sure. I'm uh, offended on his part. <laughs> now, are you your obsession with Bobby Lee? Like, does that extend to his podcasts? Uh, yes, I listen to all of the podcasts every okay. week. I'm like, he's he's my BFF. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Bad Friends. Bad Friends I listen to a lot. Yeah, so, you know, uh, if you listen to Bad Friends, you know that he's definitely butthurt about not being in yeah. the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I agree. Um, I wish that Margaret Cho had been one of the aunties. That would like, be good. I, I think that would have been just so over the top, like would have just taken the gossipy aunties to another place. 
Um, and I've been telling people this fact because I okay. had not seen this movie until this week. This week. I just like a total like misremembrance. Uh, cause I guess Keanu Reeves was in Always Be My Maybe, the Ali right. Wong and um mm-hmm. uh, I forget his name. Was now, Randall but, Park? Yes, Randall Park rom com. And he had a quote that said, I'm just honored that they remembered that I'm Asian. And so I keep telling people, like, you know how Keanu Reeves is in Crazy Rich Asians? And then it's so cute that he said, like, I'm just so grateful they remembered I'm Asian. And no one has ever corrected me. Never? Not once. No No one's one's ever ever been been like, like, I don't remember seeing him in that. He's not. And then the whole time I was watching it, I was like, where's the the famous Keanu cameo? Not in there. And then it never happened. I had to Google it after and be like, it wasn't this movie. Oh, I've just no. been talking about it oh, so no. authoritatively. <laughs> Other than what this might say about your friend group and how honest <laughs> or not honest they are with you, and that's I think you can unpack that later. We don't really have time for that on the show. There is something about the way that rom-coms blur together. Mm. And it's like Henry Golding, who this was like his first acting role. He'd been like a TV host and presenter prior to this. His first mm. acting job. Within a year, he does another rom-com. He does that last Christmas movie. Paul Feig directed it. And so it's like, I feel like if you watch enough of these things, these they can sort of blur. So you have some sort of plausible deniability until people listen to this podcast and find out that you only just watched the movie. But up until this point, up until this is released, you have plausible deniability that it's just like, oh, I watched that one too. Right. I just, I yeah, it's all those same things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, just, yeah, they're, yeah, just, yeah. they're romantic comedies. We're not supposed to like differentiate between them. No. From like 2003 or four, maybe later, until about 2011, I went to like every rom com in the theater. Really? I loved going in the rom coms. Yeah, I would go to the theaters to see these wow. things. Wow. And what I loved the most about them uh, was that they were essentially science fiction. Yeah. <laughs> That these True. people lived in a world where these pretty people were like ugly for some reason or undateable or un, whatever. I, I avoided the the wedding ones a lot because they're even more formulaic. Right. But this had this had a lot of drama for being labeled a rom com. Rom coms, the really formulaic ones, the one I, the ones I love the most. <laughs> the the drama is like. I don't want to date this person, but we keep getting put in the same room somehow. You know what I mean? Right. That's last Christmas. That's last Christmas. Yeah, dude, that's all of them. It's so many of them are just like, why? I've never seen you before today, and now I have seen you like five times. What the hell's going on? It's the universe. This is the sci-fi part. The universe is bringing these people together. This case, there were real human consequences. This wasn't like they're destined to be together. There were times where I was like, you cannot go back to that situation right? and be happy. That is like a wild and diabolical level of pain for a rock. Yeah. I also think like the intergenerational um, like trauma and guilt and kind of hazing that happens uh, adds to the stakes in the sense of like, it's not just like, oh, she's like, a westernized Chinese person. So she doesn't fit in because she's like a commoner. It's like, no, she doesn't fit in because like I was told I didn't fit in. And this is like what we do as matriarchs. And like, mm-hmm. are you willing to uh, like offer the same sacrifices that we did to get into our position? Um, so yeah, it becomes this like very multi-layered thing around like filial piety and like ancestry, right. you know, like it, it, it really is like very deep. I think that's why I cried so much. Like, I think, I'm not yeah, a- that's where the emotional core lies for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. The, it was impressive how that was baked in without it seeming tacked on. You know what I, I mean? Think that was one of the most authentically Asian things yeah. about this movie. Like huh. it was where there's a lot of kind of like, uh, like opulence porn and kind yes. of like model minority like you know you like you get to get one up on the white people because you were like the most rich asian person in the world you know like <laughs> um I, I think like there's a lot of kind of that kind of stuff and like orientalist vibe but mm. when it comes to kind of like the family dynamic stuff and 
you know, I know some people disagree and they're like, why were all of the older Asian women so mean? But like, I don't know, in my experience, that's pretty accurate. Like there is a lot of kind of like unprocessed, like I went through this, so you have to go through it too kind of stuff that happens. What really what got me again is somebody who was inexperienced with uh, rom-coms, um, but somebody who uh, just watches a lot of movies. I immediately was just like, why, why doesn't he tell her how rich his family is before they go over there? She doesn't, shouldn't he know and i just didn't realize that part of genre tropes is like it has to hinge on these things it has to hinge right. on this you stuff. have to have this if you're if you're asking why someone is is messing up a relationship mm. then truly you're not in the right place you so, need these had villainous moves to move this plot you have to have some villainous moves otherwise it's just making out but what i liked was that like so i actually when i set that aside I had these sort of expectations of just like mm. the villains are going to be this way. And like when like Amanda shows up and it's the bachelor, the bachelorette party and like she starts out and it's sort of this like being friendly, but also being kind of cold in that way. And then it really, by a certain point, it's just like, then it's just the attack mm. and and you witness that and you're like, Oh, this is just going to escalate. It's like, no, no, this mm. is one aspect of the thing. This is one mm. aspect of the thing. And I think that has to do with the fact that the, that the, the people who wrote this story, and it's two people who wrote the screenplay, had to figure out how to balance a few different things. One, the standard beats of a rom-com, and the other, exactly what you were talking about, where we're putting in these cultural elements that are unique to these experiences that should be addressed within this. It's like, yes, you're going to find generations of mm. resistances based on based on experience that's going to happen. And that when, when like Aquafina like says filial piety in, in the film at one point, like I watched it because I, my second watch, I have it with the, I had the, with the uh, captions mm. on. And so like, I try to make sure I didn't miss a, miss a line or miss a beach. Cause we always try to watch these twice for mm. every, for every one of these episodes. And so my second viewing, I'm seeing that and I'm just like, okay, that's a, I have to Google that, you know? So like, but understanding that like somebody had to put that into there because if they had to put it in there, it wouldn't make, it would not make sense it would it would make sense to a certain extent, but like you have to understand, there is depth to it. It isn't just we're just being mean because it's fun to be mean to people. The, the bachelorette party to me was a big miss, mostly because of how it was handled immediately after, and then for the rest of the film forgotten. It was where, way like too heavy handed. There was a massacred animal in someone's bed. If that happens to me, we have to figure this out mm-hmm. now. We're not. I'm not waiting. Until I get back and saying, ah, your family and I are kind of button heads. I'm going to go butt heads. This You can't just leave dead animals in my bed, dog. This is not how we're going to do business. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt like it's, this is very, I'm going a million places right now. Okay. Go, so go, go. On, go on one <laughs> hand, I think there's something very Chinese about like, I don't want to give them the satisfaction of having a reaction. And like Mm. the idea that she goes off and just buries this fish and just like doesn't talk to anybody about it. And it's just like totally like doesn't affect me. Like that's that's almost like the most authentic dynamic of the whole bachelorette party to me that she would be like, I am so proud. Really? And I will not let any of these bitches know that they have upset me on any level. Like that was the most Chinese part. To they me, wrote stuff in blood. I don't know, right. man. Like, that no, seems no, no. wild. I think but it fish, is Hollywood. They're going to ex- exaggerate. I think the fish itself was not Chinese at all. Like that mm. whole thing of like the dead fish and the writing in the blood. First of all, why are you writing in English? Second of all, like, you know, like <laughs> all of that. Problem. <laughs> all of that stuff was like, oh, this is way too like cartoon and like violet. And like, I don't know. I, it just felt very like that was the most inauthentic part. Like her reaction to me seemed very authentic. Like that if something okay. like that were to happen, you would be like, "What? Well, like you think I'm going to be upset about this? You know, I could like, see internalizing the stuff of like the, the things that the mother, his mother said to her. Right. And then not immediately reporting that because like, mm-hmm. this is a stressful family situation and I'm, I'm just going to try and like figure this out on my own. I can see that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If somebody writes some shit on my wall in blood, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I'm different. I got to talk to him about it and be like, what's up with the blood on my wall? Like, do we need to talk about something? I mean, it was I, interesting that there was no confrontation at all. 
And then we just never heard from those people really again. We see them at when she shows up on <laughs> the just like, oh, she shows up in the wedding at the wedding in they gave the, up that dress and yeah. she encounters them on the whatever the, the red carpet. And right. There's a there's a subtle and says to, and, and then says, like, you're in my way. Yes. Like, that's great. But it's also like that that the extreme nature of that particular scene with the fish made me think we were about to see a bunch of and the word crazy is in the title of this movie. We we're about to see some crazy shit. I was about to see some stuff that really was going to be like over the top ridiculousness. And this movie immediately reins it in. It goes back to like, no, now we're going to like, here's the clear. We're going to get back by having the best outfit at the wedding. Now it's just like, now it's like, we're, here's the and montage. That's, that's very, here we go. we're walking on sunshine. I'm like, All right, cool. All right, we're here. Give we're here. some of the most subtle shade and revenge of any genre of movie where like living well is the best revenge. Right. is like a huge rule in a lot of rom-coms dressing well it's like oops now i have a house with this dude that you wanted and we live in the same neighborhood and every now and again i see you and i feel better than you that is old in there that's the one that's how you convey things in rom-coms i also think it reminds me a lot of like <laughs> historical sea dramas like i watch a lot of like okay you know like empresses mm. in the palace like the concubines fighting over the emperor kind of thing and like sure. i would say in contemporary sea dramas you would never see something like a guided fish as like a message but yeah. when the concubines are fighting amongst themselves stuff like that happens in the palace all the time like mm -hmm. all sorts of weird like you know, bloody, somewhat mystical. Maybe it's a ghost, you know, like um, I feel like it would have felt more authentic if it had gone more in that like, ooh, maybe it was a ghost that did it kind of vibe mm -hmm. where it was so obviously like the girls just did this yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, I think again, like the reaction is always like no reaction in those times. It's like I you will you will feel my wrath in a very subtle and painful way later. Totally. I totally. will get the, you banned the, from the palace. The hero, the hero episodes. or heroine of the film must walk through the room with confidence and grace and own a room. And that's the best revenge. Mm -hmm. Now, realistically, it is not the best of revenge. <laughs> no. But in these films, you have to suspend your disbelief, and it is the greatest revenge of all time. These people now understand your status. You yes. are the most important person. Fuck them. Because this and is a like, very nice dress <laughs> that you bought. And then out. and so like she she <laughs> so she wins that moment and then is faced with Eleanor again. Which yeah. I mean I don't think I could say enough amazing things about Michelle Yeoh you know, mm. as as an actress, period. In this yeah. film or otherwise. Just yeah. just decades of movies that I love watching. Hits. No questions. No question. And so like she's encounters it and like there's no room in the row. And then she proceeds to sit down next to a princess and talk about microloans to strike up a conversation. And it works because you have to be reminded, you have to be reminded that this is an economics professor we're watching right. here. This right. isn't just some, this isn't just some pretty face for that he brought over from New York. This is a, a smart person who can hold very smart conversations with very smart people. And here we go. It's happening. Now we don't get much of that conversation. In fact, it's actually, if you, actually listen to what they're saying to each other it's really it's just like microloans good because women lift economies okay right that's that's, that's okay can we elaborate on that is there is there some data that we want to throw in there we like, don't have time I don't... we don't have time we're at the we're at the like wedding of the century oh yeah and it's where someone's wedding. about to like float in over a lake of water that, <laughs> right? that no what? one was warned about Dude, so all their shoes think... are ruined my shoes are ruined I would be furious. But I kept also, thinking I don't have pups. like, you know, two billion dollars. You wouldn't be invited. I wouldn't be at this wedding. But if you I rolled in wedding. and my shoes got got messed up because this person wanted to like float across like a swan, I'm out. I'm sure okay. you've been to enough backwoods uh, shotgun weddings, Jeff, in your life as a southerner. I'm sure uh, we didn't actually bear the shotguns. Okay. And to, and to be fair, Gary, I'm gonna just correct you, and this is a correction for all of people. You don't get invited to a shotgun wedding. A shotgun wedding happens under a shotgun because you fucked up somehow. 
You don't get to have friends. You don't get to have family. You have the dude with the shotgun who also is the witness, a pastor, and possibly parents if you live across the street from them. But but there's no such thing as getting invited to a shotgun wedding. You know what? I've learned Anywho. something today. I've learned something today. This is this is really informative. I'm yeah. learning a lot about I'm learning a lot. I didn't expect to learn about this culture today. I thought we'd be talking about a different set of culture. I just really need to go. I felt share. like I needed to share, set the no. record straight. Honestly, this was enlightening. This is an yeah. enlightening conversation. I um, hate the way the shotgun wedding is used. I'm like, no, it's not that it's in a hurry, it's that someone is pregnant. And a parent is like, you are going to stay here legally bound to us and take care of this child. I'm not doing it. That's a shotgun. That's why the wow. shotgun's there. Wow. <laughs> moving on. Well, I, uh, no, I, I, moving on. Uh, particular Asians, very rich. Whoa, whoa, very rich. Very rich. Some of the richest ever. Let me let me just, we are inundated with details about their richness indeed some are like shown some are uh granted audience through lies some <laughs> are some are presented to us like by strangers who just know the story of these people like it's an amazing yeah. amount of talk and when and show and tell if if you will about the richness of these people when when aquafina demonstrates speaking of show and tell on a on a purse <laughs> <laughs> The journey that the young family took the map on to the get map. to Singapore. It. Just incredible. That was one. I hadn't realized until my second watch that it was a purse. I was like, I, I remember they showed a map. Oh, my again, God. I, I mean, we do smoke weed when we watch these movies. So there is, I will lose details. But like on the rewatch, I go, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. This is a purse. It's a purse. You answer the purse. It's a Such a good moment. Answer the purse. That's educational. I remember that detail very well. It was incredible. I, and honestly, like Aquafina's family is like the poor family in yeah. all of this. You know what I mean? Like it's like they they're like the new money rich people that are like, you know, uh, it's like a miracle that she gets invited to their like yeah. family gathering. They're like they are not in the same level as these folks. Like we, I go to their house. I'm like, they're rich. They're maybe they're the top edge of, of the like they would believe themselves to be the top edge of the upper middle class. Yeah. Not the elite. Definitely. The elite are these people that are throwing a wedding in the sky. Yes. <laughs> it's in the Who have bachelor parties in international people waters. People are getting nosebleeds because this wedding is so fucking high <laughs> up on this castle. It's an insane wedding. Truly. And then they just like repurpose the area. They're like, well, we were already partying here before. Let's have another party. Right. Just immediately the next day. Let's party again. With more and the ability to, to pull parties together so quickly is amazing. Mm. Um, Rich people I want to throw a party together quick. They own a lot of land. Living in New York, you sort of get a sense from reading newspapers and from some things that you can see firsthand just of wealth. And you think about mm -hmm. like there's these buildings that like Russian oligarchs have bought floors, of, right? You know, and you just sort of know, and there's private clubs that you have to basically be a millionaire even to get into. And like, I mean, it starts to look like a friggin' like. Like it looks like it's like a damn Batman movie. Like it's sort of like this comically, you know, absurd villainy of richness. Mm -hmm. And as much as my general, you know, desire is to guillotine the rich, I, I really mm -hmm. did enjoy the lavish display of wealth in this movie. I really, I really liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was entertaining. I wanted to eat everything I saw in this movie. The, the super rich were living a really fun life. And that's, I think, pretty cool. I mean, isn't that why you do it? Isn't that why you yeah. keep it? I guess. One would to hope. do that. Like, that's what you want to do. But I want to go to the hawker market. I mean, that's just what I want to do anyway. So Right? Okay. We we have mm. to talk about the food. Please. The food, the food is so good. Throughout. Also, very authentically Chinese. Like, hmm. we cannot talk to each other, but we do know how to share food. And this is how we make friends. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The restaurant they like... go to is phenomenal looking. Yes. The it's outdoor all... market area. Mm. The night market was, so, I felt like such a sweet touch. Like, I thought it was really nice that um, he somehow arranged for his friends to pick them up so he didn't have to be inundated by his mother. That felt very inaccurate yeah. to me, but, okay. you know, whatever. <laughs> Maybe, you know, he was like, I don't want to chill with her yet. Um, 
but I thought it was so sweet and like very indicative of like like a young Chinese person coming home. And mm. it's like this idea of like, yeah, your friends pick you up and the first stop is the night market and you like eat all of the things like that. I know that order was supposed to be like, ooh, look how like he can just get anything he wants and he's friends with all of the vendors. But also yeah. like that compulsion to be like, actually, I haven't eaten any of these things properly in like X number of years mm-hmm, since mm-hmm. I was last home. And I actually need to try every single stall tonight like that vibe felt very exciting for me and very Mm. much like an experience I've had so I super appreciated that and I also loved the uh like the dumpling scene yeah like I was like "Ooh, this is like this is real family you know like the whole it's like first of all like underlying kind of like Henry Golding's character being like this is how we do it and like this is how my grandma showed me like that is such like wow he's such a catch vibes like it's like as hot as he was the whole movie I feel like as a Chinese girl I was just like oh my god like wow what husband material like just like couldn't get enough of that and then that last dig where uh the grandma is like looking at the mom's oh yeah dumplings being like oh like not very good like that was like oh that is like the deepest shade that wow. like happens all the time in all absolutely Chinese like a, that's how you cut to the heart a beautiful yeah. moment that wasn't given wild gravity or music or anything it was just like makes the comment and it it starts their sort of cutting dialogue like that's mm-hmm. the first time grandma is shown as as being a, a a cutter mm-hmm. you know what i mean and that being the intro because this is something they sit down and do every day everyone in that room is perfectly passable at making these mm-hmm. things like mm-hmm. there's no reason anyone should be told their dumplings are bad they do it every day no that's Absolutely. Like, totally fucked up well, it is I a wild thing to do to someone expecting that rachel was the one that was going to get flack like the mom would right, be like yeah. oh like you don't know how to do it you know and mm-hmm. so it was like this very kind of like nice surprising twist that it was like oh no like i like it, that was the moment where i was like okay i see this all coming together like this is so real it's so intergenerational like, and it sold it sold so like all these little things we expected to happen to the main character kind of didn't Mm. you know what i'm saying like there were subtle moments and maybe a couple of not so subtle moments but generally there was a lot of interplay between a lot of different people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying instead of just this one character experiencing all these people and i thought it totally sold the ending where they had hired the private investigator and were like the true heel turn at the end yeah yeah right like that now we're going in the end of the second act is thus these people are actually crazy right. and rich <laughs> and Asian because they did it in an absolutely beautiful garden outside yes. of their palatial estate. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was an incredible scene. Beautifully uh, shot. <laughs> my, there's some I incredible think my, moments in this movie. I think my favorite scene that doesn't have Aquafina, that's just that, mm. th- that she's not in is, is the Mahjong part that, that moved me on the second one in, in ways, even knowing it was coming and just sort of making the connection that like the poker scene we watched at the very beginning gets routed right. down to the end. Like it's like understanding her understanding of game theory, whatever that, the, that is. There's, there's understanding a thing of game too theory. where the younger generation of people can both handle what's in front of them and speak on it. Mm-hmm. and they're not internalizing it. and this is like i'm here to let you know that this conflict may end but not because i like don't you know not because i'm running away right i'm better than you people i'm better than i you. just i just wanted you to know that one day when he marries another lucky girl who is enough for you and you're playing with your grandkids and the tanhuas are blooming and the birds are chirping that it was because of me a poor Raised by a single mother, immigrant, nobody. Mm. I'm better. What than the you. fuck? I'm right. better than you. Okay, but the subtleties of the gameplay. Mm. So yes. it's like in the poker scene. Well, she's the handling this person. Like I know exactly how this person. Oh gonna my do god, everything. it's crazy. I'm playing. So you. 
uh, like in the poker scene at the beginning, she's like talking to that, I don't know, student or Or TA. Yeah. TA. Um, and was like, you know, your problem is that you're like playing because you're trying to win. And I can kind of see through the psychology of that. Right. So it's like that kind of echoes into the scene too. But what's so beautiful about the unfolding of it all is this idea that like, she throws away the winning piece, knowing that that's also like the one piece that, you know, like it was just like, wow. And then like flipping the tiles being like, I let you win, bitch. Ha ha. Like it was so juicy. Um, mm-hmm. And Mahjong is like very, it's like a heated thing, you know? Like, it's like, yeah, all like spades of- or like there, there's cart uno. There's things that you do together that you're meant specifically to talk shit to people. Absolutely. Yeah. You are supposed Absolutely. to be telling them that they are losing when they are losing, and you are supposed to be threatening them when you are it, losing. It can get, it's <laughs> That's like what the, you're supposed it is to the do. one place where you are allowed to have very loud aggressive conflict as a family like why so many gunfights start at card games all of the generational like uh like the filial piety goes out the window at the mahjong table like it's Mm. like it's this is the one space where it's allowed and the most insane things happen like this is the only time anyone on the chinese side of my family has ever experienced or inflicted violence toward Mm. other family members like totally it's so crazy so i loved that also it was kind of like the cut was very deep but it was like pretty subtle too like it wasn't it wasn't an explosive mahjong fight which it also would have been very authentic the stare at the very end, the power move of that, where she walks away from the table and goes over and taps her mother, mm-hmm. who then just turns back and gives this look. I can't even describe this look. That no, she you can't. Her. I mean, but it was just like, done. it just like, it's, it, it felt like it was like, if this was a superhero movie, like it just tore through her. Like she was just destroyed in that scene by that, in that, in that moment, the final, just like ridiculously like brutal shot. And I, again, I can't describe what that look was, but it was yeah. just like, perfect it was perfect then we go back to pure rom-com mode and now we're on a plane somehow trying to save the save so, the marriage this, this brings me to a question that i have okay i know that we enjoyed the film more so and again there's a really hard curve for me and gary because we're not really used to enjoying the films we watched mm. <laughs> we're, we watch garbage we watch some really bad films and we make we make it very fun I don't mind doing it. I'm not like complaining per se. Oh, but good. I'm glad you're in this in this particular movie. I think I was wowed by the fact that it wasn't terrible enough to think it was good. But there is some like, like he just runs onto a plane and she's like, "All right, you ran onto the plane. That's the reasoning I'm in." Even though she made this big show and was like, "I'm out. Fuck you, motherfuckers. I'm better than you. I don't need it's your the emerald. Money. It's the emerald." The emerald, does the emerald have power? What is the emerald? Yes, the emerald Well, was... it's the acknowledgement that the family accepts her now. Like she, yes. that's like, they really conceded in that <sighs> moment. Concede is, I mean, look, I know we're in rom-com land and it's fine. I know that it's fine. But I was just like, a symbol? No, I need like a fucking formal <laughs> apology on television. <laughs> this shit needs to like, I need the proceeds to go to charity for people who tune in. No, you see, no, because yeah, the finals, the final scenes when they tell you that you 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 cut from the airplane, yes, I will marry you. The woman behind her saying yes to a to you. a second lavish party <laughs> to a, a day a, later. A, a, <laughs> a, I, I don't even know if it was a day later. I don't know how much time passed, but it was a party. Right, time and in this movie is weird. It seems like it happens over months, but it's like four days. It's like a couple of days. It's <laughs> yeah, film, it's like basically. four or five days. Like, I don't know how long she's sitting at the house depressed and maybe add some additional days. To and that, there's a lot like, of weird cutting issues. This movie is no more than a week's worth of time. Right. Realistically. Mm-hmm. I used to account for her mother being flown, flown over. Well, it's like a, flight. like a 14 hour flight. Like, yeah. I've got like, some I've, time to get there. I've flown. I've flown to Asia enough times to know, like, it's not like that. It's going to take you some time and you got to find, I mean, like he's rich enough that he could pay for the, the direct flight as opposed to having to do a connection mm-hmm. and all that, mm-hmm. that I have to do. So respect to him. Um, but that last scene, <laughs> that last scene at this party, and she sees Michelle Yeoh across the room. I'm not crazy rich. I'm sorry. I already <laughs> said this earlier. There's no such thing as crazy rich Cubans. We had one, he's Scarface, and he's dead. I'm, 
I'm straight up like your boy is not rich. <laughs> not rich. <laughs> I am Same. not rich. Sorry, Music everybody. Insider, I know, Jeffrey Lockwood. I know all of our, our <laughs> we all thought I was a dashing fly by night millionaire, but nope. Wow. Uh, so many reveals on this episode. Podcasting is not paying the bills. <laughs> it's people. not paying the bills. Not paying the bills. <sighs> what, we, what we do for love. You know, crazy but, rich Asians. On that note, subscribe that. to the Patreon. Subscribe. <laughs> See, um, people get it. People get it. They get we it. need it. Man. But I want to point out that like, there is not a full reconciliation at the end of this film. Mm. Is they see each other, Rachel and Eleanor see each other across the room at this party. And Eleanor acknowledges her from across mm-hmm. the room and then leaves the frame because the story is not done. This is that's, not resolved. That's all you'll ever get from a Chinese mom. That's like as close to like, I love right. you. I accept you as my daughter-in-law. I assumed like, that was possible. us. Because truly, like, another instance where I know we're in movie land and it's fine. Mm. But if you hire a private investigator to investigate me, we have more to talk about than a wink and a nod, big cat. We need to, like, God, you are so sensitive. Fish in the bed, a private investigator. It's like, you know, And spelling things in blood. Don't forget about the spelling things in blood thing is where I think it went You get so hung up on this stuff. It's like, that's why I've been married twice. And you, sir, are sitting there worrying about private investigators. I don't, I don't know who. It's not a deal breaker. It's not a deal breaker. It's not a deal breaker. It's uh, just saying. It's not a deal breaker to hire. All right, cool. I'm going to start hiring some private investigators. Make sure. Now, of course, up and up. That's that's and then just telling them. (laughs) That scene ends, and it's just fireworks, and yeah, it's it's gorgeous, and you're just seeing the grandiose. One more time, we have to hammer it home. These particular Asians are the fucking crazy rich. Crazy rich. <laughs> they had another round of fireworks ready to go for the next party already. Somebody they came in and was like, fireworks. oh, I'm just going to like reset all the fireworks from last night, just in case they, you guys want to. They have also it. have a rare Cambodian gong that they used once. That's true. They did Indeed. once. Yeah. Mm. Once. And really just for comic effect more than anything else. It didn't even warrant anything else. It didn't right. actually prompt anyone to go look at the flower. It didn't signify anyone's arrival. They just hit it once. That was it. Shout outs to all of the South Asian representation in this movie. Yes. <laughs> I was I was kind by of way, pumped. By way of gong. <laughs> I was kind of pumped when they did that. It was very like, you know how the Transformers movies will just bring in Transformers and immediately destroy them so that they'll like sell things? Don't watch those. This is sort of that. They were like, I don't understand. I don't think you quite understand how crazy rich they are <laughs> this one just bought some earrings for 1.4 million dollars and hid them hmm? that was just at the cost, other one it was just at cost it's just it was at cost just just the dude had to tell us they were at cost at 1.4 million dollars please <laughs> understand how crazy rich these people were please <laughs> and then this moment that i loved to death that they went and described this thing then immediately used it and we're like that's it we just needed you to understand how rich they are again i love it so much imagine if margaret cho got to be the aunt to hit the gong i it's just Ooh. i feel like this was such a missed opportunity i'm stuck margaret with cho you. should have been in this movie i'm with you I, I don't disagree i think there's there's some some absent faces i think i think um there were a few folks who could have been in this i think there's like the aquafina did not bring any of her friends from nor from queens the bow and yang is robbed of an opportunity you know, that being said, you know, that being said, Cousin Oliver, to me, is an absolute joy in yes. this film. Um, he, I mean, I enjoy him on the, I haven't watched like all of Superstore, but I've enjoyed him on Superstore. And he has so many amazing lines in this movie. And just a True. wonderful part. I wanted to see an entire film of Aquafina and Cousin Oliver. If you can like, I... if we can spin that off, Absolutely. like if the Fast and Furious movies can have a Hobbs and Shaw, surely Crazy Rich Asians could have Picklin and Oliver. Yeah, Picklin and Oliver should have their own movie. <laughs> I would watch that. 100%. Or I want a different. Or I want a different cut of this movie that focuses on what we don't see them do. Like just the two of them at the party that first night. Yeah. Like that could be the whole movie. She goes upstairs to change. I want to see her just exploring the upstairs of this of this building before she even gets around to changing. I want to see that. Then Dave. after. 
they meet at the bar and uh, now cousin Oliver's in play. Cause like we get them later with the whole like clothing montage. Like, no, I could just watch the party from their perspective and be just right. fine. With that. And also like they're blossoming new, like BFF them. Like, Oh my uh, God. Yes. Oh, immediately too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think perfect. they should be the next, like they should reboot Harold and Kumar with them. Uh, oh, I love it. That would be, that'd be dope. That would be that phenomenal. Would be that would be amazing. I mean, I'll take any sequel to this movie at this point. I mean, there's two more books. So you you want another one? I want I want part two. There were little bits of information in this film that were left out that definitely suggested they were hinting at, hey, we'll make more of these guys. The, we'll make the more money was there. I mean, like it made a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. The fact that they showed a lavish world for just $30 million is pretty incredible. Yeah. But like Constance Wu got screwed over by ABC and the Fresh Off the Boat producers who were basically were about to cancel the show and then decided to bring it back kind of derailing things i mean she's written a whole memoir I'm, i don't need to go too deep into it but the reality huh. is she was all had a real momentum that got stalled by network television saying we're gonna suck one more season out of you right mm-hmm. but like there's definitely a desire for it there's two more books to work with but like one of those little details was the idea of like this the truth about her father right we never find out in the movie who he is or we hear that or who the husband was either Mm -hmm. but clearly he's somebody who might have had some level of power perhaps because Mm. how she describes him like she was worried that he would find her Mm. you know so we don't know that however my understanding having listened to other people who have read the sequels like these are bits of information that you find out about later you find out who her actual father is and um you might not be surprised uh he, he's rich uh so no yeah so <laughs> she's actually she's a rich asian didn't even know it wow uh, so we are we're learning we will learn more if they ever do sequels and it's out based on how closely they adhere to the uh to the books but i mean i want more i'll just be honest i want Is more they... i want more aquafina i want more of this i i do not care about rachel and nick I have to say, okay. of all of the characters in the whole movie, I was like, thank you for driving this forward so I can meet all of these other fun people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, I, it's like, I desperately want more Aquafina. Like, yeah. I feel like the Paiklin and Oliver vibe is like, I, I was just like, please, more of this, more of this. Uh, I would like to see more of Astrid. I really enjoyed Yeah. Like I want to know like what happens with her now and like does she get with that guy at the end and like in the mid credit scene yeah that was like know? like that's that's another setup for a sequel like yes <laughs> yes um I would love it's like like Ama is very interesting to me like the grandmother character and like how that like works with Eleanor in terms of like like will they work it out you know but it's mm. like I don't it to me it's like Rachel and Nick were just like a device for like all of these other it's like where's the sequel where it's like uh like Paiklin and Oliver and like the aunties go on vacation like they go to America that's the sequel mm. I want like Paiklin Oliver and the aunties in America mm. my big fat uh Chinese American wedding our it's like our family tour bus across America there we go <laughs> I also from my understanding is that uh Gemma Chan's uh character Astrid would have her story was definitely part of the the books mm. in terms of what happened next so i think that that is something uh that would be provided in there again it's like the focus is again around well i mean if not then Central that was a, re- a weird b story to just be like by the way this is the background on this whole thing yeah i'm not coming back to it <laughs> if i had known more about this going in i would have focused more on that but i watched it twice and was both times like oh right anytime they came on the screen and were squabbling or something i'd be like oh right they're um unhappy (laughs) they're rich and unhappy yeah they're like also rich but like they don't it doesn't look good all right cool now we're back to like the main story where people i care about are doing things yeah i it didn't register with me at all and then at the end they were like oh by the way people think she's hot yeah dude we all think she's hot (laughs) all of us I just yeah, really I mean, liked Astrid as a character. Like I sure, felt sure. like I like enjoyed her a lot. So it's like I was naturally very much. So I would her. love it. I would love it if there was more weight to this. But what it was was remember that guy you met earlier, kind of a jerk. 
<laughs> that's the b story <laughs> Not great. Much, yeah. wrapped it up <laughs> yeah yeah i guess there's the oh, parallel yeah. with like him being like not wealthy and how he like feels in the family dynamic and it's like mm-hmm. this kind of foreboding uh like but the tables know... if gary's correct the tables would turn yes and now all of a sudden their money wouldn't be important to her well, so we'll, yeah we'll, we we may, we may know we may never know it's it's hard to say i'm just gonna admit that like because i am not somebody who watches rom-coms like mm. i just became a sucker to the particularly on my second viewing to just the the rhythms of a rom-com i stopped thinking mm-hmm. actively about it good for you like, yeah that's man. what it's there for yeah man that that this love oh and, and like i'm yeah i'm crying great you find yourself after a little bit like mm, he's lying Mm-mm. it's like <laughs> Red flag, girl. Red flag. Like it's, it's. You gotta let go. You must understand the way that we dissect truly terrible movies on this show, yeah, and really go into like really just deeply into films that deserve no examination. Like that, I watched this and it felt like this warm bath I got to sit in, and you know, I made sure that I ordered, uh, I ordered some some good Chinese food before because I was ready to see a lot of food and get that real experience. And what a move. I mean, my my view is there's not no, there wasn't enough food in the damn movie, but that's that's my opinion. There I could have been more, more food. food. Yeah, I think there were more opportunities for people to eat, and we could have seen more things. Yes, but I'll 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 hopefully on this they'll take that note for the uh, for the sequel. Okay, I want to ask one question before we leave. I know we're sure. run afoul of time, but her drinking from <laughs> the trying to drink from the finger bowl was. Oh. Like, what did you think you were going to be drinking? That's like, it's the did was that? A, do you think that's a shot? That anytime you walk into a rich person's house, they drink a bathtub of alcohol, or what's going on? What was that? I just didn't understand that scene at all. That's all. That was I just to throw that. That was a a great detail, Jeff. That I'm glad you picked up on. I mm. totally forgot about that, but it was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, it like, must be a custom in Singapore to drink my weight in alcohol before I like walk into a room. Maybe she thought of it course, was like bone broth. I don't know. Of course. But... <laughs> the size of the bowl does so not for big. me. As somebody who has gone to so many events that have passed appetizers and just and just reached a number, like if I see a bowl, I go, that's for like <laughs> dipping or something. The, the to dipping its credit, it. to its credit, it was supposed to be goofy and laughable, and it was. I laughed really. It was it, no, the it fact that she tried to drink a pound of alcohol <laughs> bowl. <laughs> Anywho. Thanks for coming. So, so was there a question? <laughs> you just wanted to bring it I really needed to just get that out there. <laughs> uh, it bothered me so much for some reason, but oh I also laughed. Okay. Yeah, no, thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you for doing this. Thanks for being on the show. <laughs> My that, that you, just, you just wanted <sighs> to have that. I needed oh. it. Yeah. Me. <sighs> thank you. Gary, what are we what are we gonna watch next? I'm pumped. There's been a couple of real okay ass to good movies in this mix. And I'm yeah. starting to get a little spoiled on like talking about good stuff. That movie wasn't bad. Okay. You know what I was you sound I don't know what to do. Like we mm-hmm. have a rhythm to this show. The same mm-hmm. way that rom-coms have rhythms. Mm-hmm. There's a rhythm to this show. We right. start off and we're like we're about to talk about a bad movie and then we talk at length about a bad movie right and then but i think this is proving that we can also talk about and make fun of and have a good time with a good movie too but is that a show i'm not saying we're getting well i don't know is Is that is that a show is that why people listen to this thing do they listen to this thing because we gotta figure it out like i thought the understanding was of this is like the, the contract that we have with our listeners and I mean this in a virtual sense. There's no actual contract. Uh, we owe you people fucking nothing. But mm. uh, in all seriousness, Fair. the contract that we have is that we're going to talk about a thing that is ridiculous and absurd. Mm-hmm. And as much as this film was crazy rich Asians, 
it was also well, nobody broad... signed this social contract no it's a, it's a, it's a broad it's a broad rom-com hmm. and regardless of casting and the clear a culture dra- I, I would in there, call it a drum-com there's a lot of drama i think it's uh i think rom-com is fine it's romance over drama oh yeah situation. you think so yeah hmm. i think so i do what a shot and i and that's the thing is like this is the conversation that we're having how is is this what they want is this what they want or they I want don't know to- i don't they don't tell us much they don't we need them to rate and hoard- subscribe and tell us what's going on i need a lot more like five stars reviews of, i need a lot more reviews with those five stars in there i need a lot more reviews that just say like we like when you do this like i want to hear what you guys do because like i don't know because to me like my my gut's telling me to like Course correct. Do you remember? I mean, we had this wonderful conversation about food. Yeah. In this one, which I don't think we'd ever really had before because most movies we watch bad are movies don't, yeah, bad movies don't really like focus on like human life. They just focus on wackiness and stupid. Have you wanted to eat anything in any movie we've watched before this? You know, you flexed really hard on us on this episode when you said you ordered chinese food for the second viewing of this movie and now i, I wish i could go back in time mm-hmm. i really do and like get some chinese food and my favorite accoutrement with, with chinese food coca-cola cool as ice oh there oh. is the answer to our questions my man you want to get nuts come on let's get nuts Cool as ice. Cool as ice. We'll need the right guest. We do need the right, you know, maybe we should put it off. Yeah, maybe we should hold off on cool as ice. Oh, maybe it'll be next. Who knows? Well, we find the right guest. We find the right guest. It does feel right to me. Cool as ice. Cool as ice. It's the Cabbages Podcast Network. <laughs>